Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. And uh, isn't it a great time of the year? I mean, uh, the snowflakes uh, kind of have added to the ambiance of the season. Yesterday I was out and about, and it's the only time of the year when strangers will look at you and give you words of merriment, right? They say, Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays, right? Uh, this is the, uh, the hap happiest season of all, right? Tis the season to be jolly, right? Uh, what, what to the world the Lord has come? Joy, right? So it is a time of joy. And in fact, even in the church here, Today, as Pastor Max said, we lighted the pink candle, that in the midst of our preparations for Christ to come, that we experience true joy, joy that is not based on our circumstances, joy that is not based on what the world has to offer, but joy that is based on the fact that God has kept His promise, and then He sent His Son Jesus to be our Savior. And uh, if that's the way it's to be, why is it that so many people are not experiencing merriment or cheer or joy. Uh, why is that? There's a lot of reasons, and I've talked to some of you already today. Maybe it's because you're not feeling well. you got health difficulties. That can really bring you down. It's dark. It's cold. I mean, after the warmest fall on record, and you know, all of a sudden the bottom has dropped out. I mean, it's cold, and, and pe it, people are suffering uh, economically, th this time of the year shows and demonstrates economic inequality more than any other time of the year because we tend to look around and see what everyone else is buying, everyone else is getting, and you say, woe is me. I can't afford that. And so even though it is a happy time of the year, a joyful time of the year, we need to really focus on what God would want for us in our lives as God's people. Well, to help us today, we're going to be focusing and zeroing in on that passage that Debbie just read a few minute ago, minutes ago, where it talks about how we are to fix our eyes not on the stuff of this world as we prepare for Jesus, but we fix our eyes on Jesus, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross. Well, three things I want to point out from this passage. First of all, we have a factor. What is a, a factor is that which actively contributes to the production of a result. In other words, if we want true joy, what is it that, what, what, what has to happen? What has to actively happen? And the writer of Hebrews is very good about this. The writer of Hebrews says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. This is a, a phrase from an athletic event. It's a running event. And in order for a runner to do their best, they have to throw off the things that hinder them. Uh, if you were running outside today, you wouldn't be running with a, a huge down coat. It would weigh you down. I'm, I'm always amazed when I see some of these marathoners when it's cold that they can run in such skimpy clothing. 
But that's what enables them to be free enough to do well. And friends, in order for us to be free enough to experience true joy, God would have us to get rid of the things that hinder us, that pull us down, that cause us to block our relationship with Him and our relationship with others. And the Bible has a simple word for that. It uh, starts with an S and has an N at the end with the big I in the middle. What's it called? Sin. That's what sin does for us. And we are to throw it off because it entangles us. It causes us lots of, of messes in our lives. And as I think about the different sins that cause me, that hold me back from experiencing true joy, probably the number one thing is pride has the same middle letter as sin, isn't it? That I want my way. It's all about me. It's all about my ability to make for a happy Christmas. And of all the times of the year, pride rears its, its ugly head where we just think about, about me, how I'm not getting the things that I would want. I, I want this to happen or that to happen in my family. And so it, 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 it is the root cause of so many of our unhappy, of much of our unhappiness. I like what C.S. Lewis writes in a book called Mere Christianity. He said, pride is a spiritual cancer. It eats up the very possibility of love, of commitment, of joy. And if it goes untreated, it multiplies and it spreads, corrupting even our best attitudes and efforts. It must be killed and killed consistently with routine heart checks and the sword of the Spirit, which is God's Word. So pride, it's an issue, so let's throw it off. And the way that we do that is through confession. Remember the words of that character in the Advent season of John the Baptist? Prepare the way of the Lord. Make a straight highway for him. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. That's the same idea that we get rid of that which is causing us to block our relationships with God and others. We confess it. God, I am sorry. Forgive me. Set me on a new path. Another thing that, uh, that, that I believe uh, is a hindrance to us is false expectations. Advent preparations tend to give us this romantic view of the way things either we think they were or the, things, thing, the way that we wish they were. And I don't know about you, but, but uh, you know, I, I, we, I, when I grew up, Christmases were perfect. We never had any arguments. We never had any fights. Everything was absolutely perfect, right? Was it that way in your family too? <laughs> yeah, not really. So we just need to be honest about that. And when we have all these expectations that that's the way things are going to be, it leads us <laughs> to not experience that true joy, that true cheer that Jesus wants to bring us again. Another thing that holds us back is just our busyness. There are all these expectations that are placed on us. We have so many things to do, people to see, gifts to buy, decorations to put up, cookies to bake, and it just goes on and on and on. And so... Get rid of that which hinders, that which is sin that entangles us. But that's not where it stops. The writer of Hebrews then says, we need to focus. Yeah, there's the factor of getting rid of that which hinders, but we need to focus. And that's where, again, the writer says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author, the one who put you into the race, but also the one who finished the race for you. Focus. What are, what are you focusing on? 
I uh, enjoyed reading about a, a baseball pitcher uh, for many years ago named Bob Feller. He was one of the great all-time greats, and he played for the Cleveland Indians in the 1930s, the 40s, and the 50s. Uh, he was drafted, uh, he was signed when he was 16 years old, and uh, that same year, in 1936, he struck out 15 St. Louis batters. In 1938, he became the first pitcher to strike out every batter in the game. When Bob Feller was nine years old, his teacher asked him to write an essay. He was in third grade on an oak tree. And so he sat down, and this is, these were some of his thoughts that he put down in paper. An oak tree can be cut down and sawed into boards. You can make baseball bats out of them. You can make home plates with the oak boards. You can make bleachers out of the oak boards so that people can watch baseball games. Oak boards work well for scoreboards, too. So where was his focus? <laughs> Already at nine years old, he had one thing in mind, and that was baseball. What are your eyes fixed upon this Advent season? Because if it's other than Jesus, if it's other than finding real meaning in knowing His love and His forgiveness... If our focus is on the things, the stuff of this world, we're always going to be disappointed. And praise God that as He forgives us, He puts our focus back on the cross of Jesus and His love for us and what He won for us on that cross. So we have the factor, get rid of that which hinders us. We focus not on ourselves, not on the things of this world, and then we forge ahead. We persevere. Let us run the race with perseverance that is marked out for us. And then the writer says, Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you do not grow weary and lose heart. The Greek word for growing weary means to, to let your bowstring go limp. You know, when your bowstring is pulled and it's taut, you're ready for battle. You're ready to go forward. But there are many things in life that cause us to want to give up. Take the bowstring off. Hang it up on the wall. I'm done. There are many reasons why people do not persevere in their walk of faith. Maybe it's because of an illness that you're facing. Maybe, again, it's because you're not getting along with somebody in your family. And you have to, you know, and, and that's always just kind of nagging you. Maybe it's something that's happening at work or at school. But there are many things that cause us to, to not want to persevere. How do we keep going? How do we keep going in the race of faith that God has given to us and to do it with joy and thanksgiving in our hearts and in our lives? Well, there's three things. First of all, we need to really be in God's Word. And I know that that's a simple thing, and you hear that from me all the time, but that's my job to remind you that. And during the Advent season, we get so busy that somehow God gets put on the back burner Look at all the devotional books that we have left there. I was just pointed out to me, we've got lots of leftovers. Take a devotional book, spend some time with the Lord every day because it's through His Word that God enables us to go forward with joy and to forge ahead. I, I've always enjoyed the words of, of Jeremiah when he says, When your words came, I ate them, and they were my joy and my heart's delight. For I bear your name, O Lord Almighty. True and lasting joy is something that God promises us as we spend time with Him in His Word. Another thing that needs to happen for us as we're in the Word is that God helps us to be balanced. 
we are not so balanced this time of the year. And it reminds me of what people have to go through when they face addiction. When people face alcoholic or drug addiction, they often are, enter into a 12-step program. And one thing that counselors will tell these people is that they need to be aware of the two, the T-O-O. When something seems too good to be true, you need to be leery. When, when something uh, is too much fun or the event produces too good of a feeling, be aware. When you become too engrossed in something or someone, that can be a very much of a danger point. And at this time of the year, there's a lot of TOOs where we're trying to focus too much on the things that we're trying to accomplish during the Advent season, and we lose our balance, too many sweets, too much emphasis on finding or buying the right gift, too much worry and anxiety about pleasing everyone and everybody. And when we're in God's Word, it helps us to put things in focus so that we can have a right balance. The third thing that really helps us as, as, we, as we forge ahead and as we focus on Jesus and get our priorities straight is that God enables us to be thankful, be grateful. In all circumstances, the Bible says, this is God's will for you, whether you abound or whether you abase, whether you have a lot or you don't have a lot, whether you're buying expensive gifts or not, whether you're getting gifts or not, you're thankful. People of Advent cheer, we are Advent people. And we are thankful people. We are aware of our blessings. And a grateful heart is a heart of cheer. Instead of being envious or jealous of other people because you don't have something, be grateful. Thank God for all the blessings that you have. Most of all, the gift of life that is today and that goes on forever. You move away from God and you move away from other people if you don't have a grateful heart. So praise God. Be thankful. And all the time as we forge ahead, we keep our eyes on Jesus. Now the interesting thing that I see in this passage, it says that Jesus, it says, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. How could the cross be a joy for Jesus? It was on the cross that he gave his life. Think of the agony of the cross, and we often do this during the Lenten season. And so that wasn't where the joy was. Where was the joy of the cross? The joy of the cross is centered in the victory that Jesus won as a result of the cross. And that's why the cross is empty, because even though Jesus suffered and died on the cross and took the sins of the world, our sins, past, present, and future, upon himself, the cross is a symbol of victory because Jesus didn't stay on the cross. He rose again on the third day so that now His victory through faith in Him becomes our victory. The Bible says that now we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. And that's why the cross was a joy for Jesus, and that's why it's our joy too. And that's why we can factor, we can lay aside all the sin that weighs us down. That's why we can focus on Jesus and His grace for us. And that's why we can forge ahead because of the joy that Jesus won for us by His death on the cross and His resurrection. I hope that this is a happy time for you. And, you know, 
people always mask their true feelings. How you doing? Oh, fine. You know, you give that fake smile. But in your heart, I pray that the true joy of Jesus is yours and that you don't get stuck or mired in the muck. When I was 15 years old, I worked for a farmer, and this farmer had a fishing pond on his land. And uh, it was back in the middle of a field, and it was used for drainage, but it was also he used it for irrigation and for feed, feeding the livestock and, and so forth. And uh, it was plumb full of fish. I mean, it had big bass in there, and no one fished it except for a couple of us who knew about it. And I asked permission. One day I rode my bike over there with my rod and reel and had my special lure. And uh, I was fishing, and I was casting, and all of a sudden the lure got stuck on something on the bottom of the pond. And I was upset. It was about 10 feet at least out into the water. And so I said, I'm going to go get that lure. And so I took my shirt off. I had shorts on. And I had uh, ten, some older tennis shoes. And I started wading out into the water. When I got about five or six feet away from the shore, all of a sudden I started to sink. I mean, I've never experienced that kind of feeling. It was like quicksand. And I was going down, and I was getting scared. And so at the last minute, I grabbed onto a cattail, and I pulled myself over to the side and got out of there. That lure was history, okay? Probably cost a dollar, but I was sad. And then I lost my shoes. They were stuck in the mud, too. My mom was not happy as I rode my bike home without shoes. But, friends, we get caught in the mud, don't we, in the muck and the mire of all the stuff of Advent. And that's why today is the joy Sunday. It's the time when we focus on what is really important. We forge ahead in the name of Jesus as we lay off, lay aside everything that hinders us. We say, Lord, I'm sorry for being distracted. By spending time with Him and His Word and today with His sacrament, God enables us to receive the forgiveness of our sins and the assurance of His grace so that we can focus on Him and forge ahead and persevere and keep going on in life. And so may God grant you a, a joy-filled uh, Sunday and, and, and uh, this last two weeks before Christmas so that we can be people of Advent cheer. Amen? Amen.